It's a privilege to be here in Walnut Ridge, and I've been a student pastor uh, for 14 years. I don't like to give up my pulpit either, Um, and so I'm blessed uh, for the opportunity and thankful that you're here this morning. God began working in my heart in 2020. Uh, As you know, that was a pretty difficult year. Um, There was a pandemic. Uh, Pastors were trying to figure out what we were supposed to do, how close we could get you together to gather, to hear God's word and what we were supposed to look like in doing that. And I said in some really long meetings that I, uh, student pastors aren't great at sitting in meetings anyways. And I kind of lived up to that stereotype in those those days. There were three hour meetings trying to talk about mask or no mask and how close can we be and how long can we be there. And and I, I don't know your thoughts on that. I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to give you my thoughts, but I was bored out of my mind in three-hour meetings. I'll just tell you that. Um, but God began to work on my heart. Uh, we, we also, in, in the summer, we had a student take his own life, and I was trying to minister through that, wanted to get students together. So we started gathering outside under a tent where we felt like it would be safer to be. And, and um, God began to um, draw me closer to him, and, and through that, uh, part of that was being invited to a lunch by a man named Paul Voss. Paul Voss is the executive director of Caribbean Ministry Associations. And in the past, we had taken uh, students to the, to the Caribbeans to a little island called Eleuthera in the Bahamas to work with the people there doing vacation Bible schools and working on people's homes and those kinds of things for the churches. And so I, I knew that ministries, just like churches, had lost a lot of money because of the pandemic and, and they were trying to get people to come back to camps and back to mission trips. And, and so I thought Paul was just going to invite me to bring students to the Bahamas. Now, I'll be really honest with you. I enjoy taking students to the Bahamas uh, because we, it's a beautiful place, um, but it's not easy to live there. I like going for about a week, maybe 10 days, getting to see the, the beautiful weather, getting to serve the people and love on the people and get out in the water a little bit and then coming back home to Chattanooga Uh, to my family and my home. Paul Voss, during that lunch, told me that he had been on sabbatical and been praying for the next generation of missionaries to go to the Caribbeans, to train pastors, to strengthen the churches, and to proclaim the gospel throughout the Caribbean basin. And he said, the Lord put your name on my heart. And I kind of laughed, and I thought, man, that'd be nice to go to the Bahamas and get out of these meetings. So I told Paul, I need to be really slow about this. I need to make sure that this is the Lord because I could just be running away from the ministry that God's called me to. Over the past three years, God's been working in my heart, teaching me and calling me back to the simple truth that I wanna share with you this morning about entrusting the gospel. And what I believe that God has convicted me of, and I'll share some of my story, but really I want to present to you the word of God this morning, is that every believer, so if you're a believer, if you've trusted in Jesus this morning, I'm talking to you. And if you haven't, we've got a message for you as well this morning. If maybe you're wrestling with, is the truth of Jesus really for me? Is is it really true? I want you to pay attention and listen too, because I believe God's got a word for you from scripture this morning, but I believe that every believer is called to entrust the gospel to every nation. Now, my granddad grew up in Hoxie. My mom said she moved to South Haven, Mississippi when she was in high school and they never left there. 
And, and I, so I know a little bit about Hoxie. I know a little bit about Walnut Ridge because of Jake and Steph and their ministry here. And so I, I can understand, like me, if I would have heard a message saying that every believer is to go to every nation and declare the gospel, I, I probably would have maybe in, said, hey, wait a second, I, I'm from South Haven, Mississippi. I don't know if you've ever heard of that place, but we don't just go around the world. Most people don't leave my city. We're just a small town, and, you know, we're just, we're here to, to live our lives in South Haven, Mississippi. I, I can imagine some of you this morning, you read that statement, and you might think, wait a second, every believer is to go to every nation? What I believe Scripture says is that every believer is called to entrust the gospel to every nation. And I want you to see two ways that we do that this morning. But first, I want you to understand what I mean by entrust. We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2, if you have your Bibles. And we're going to look at what Paul said specifically to Timothy about passing on the gospel. But I'm sure because Jake's your pastor and I know he pastors well and preaches the word of God. I'm sure that you all know the Great Commission. We could probably stand and recite it together. We won't do that. But Matthew 28, you've heard it before that Jesus in his last moments with the disciples tell the disciples, go to all the world or, or Therefore, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to deserve all that I command you. And lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age, right? You, you've heard that. You've heard it preached. And I, I particularly like Mark's version. Mark simplified, and he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, and that's the message that Jesus leaves with the disciples. And, and so Jesus would say that you're supposed to be going into all the world and and preaching the gospel, and, and you might think, but what does that look like? Because I believe God's called me here to be a, a teacher, a banker, or a professor. I believe God's called me here to raise my family in Walnut Ridge, and so I, I don't know that I'm supposed to be flying on planes around the world to preach the gospel. Well, Jesus said that we're to go to every nation declaring the gospel, and Paul, maybe you know the story of Paul and Timothy. Timothy was brought up in the gospel by Paul. He was discipled and, and Paul called him over and over again his spiritual son and referred to himself as Timothy's father in the gospel. And, and Paul sent Timothy in a way, we'll talk about it in a moment, but Paul told Timothy, listen, I've left you in Ephesus, a, a difficult city to minister in, a, a hard place, a wicked and corrupt place that most of us wouldn't want our kids growing up in a city like this. And Paul said, listen, I've left you there in 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. He says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, that would have been the gospel message. Entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That word entrust there in the original language is really two words put together. It simply means to put near. But it was a word that in their, their language and their conversation would have been used for a bank deposit. It was to put something of value, something valuable into the trust of another, to put it into their care. Think about that. Paul, writing to someone he loves dearly, who's left as a pastor of a difficult city, said, I want you to take these truths that you've seen me declare. I want you to take the message of Jesus Christ 
and I want you to give it to, I want you to entrust it to, to deposit it into their care, who, faithful men, for what purpose? So that they would entrust it to others also, so that they would teach it, continue to pass it on. You see, I believe every believer's first responsibility, you you don't have to reach a a master's degree level, you don't have to study, you don't have to be a believer for such a long period. Every believer, as soon as you've trusted in Jesus, you have the ability, the power of the Spirit of God in you to turn to the person around you who doesn't know Jesus and entrust the gospel to them, to pass it along. You, You see, we we have a way of passing things along. I'm sure many of you have had something entrusted to you. I remember one of the big things as a son growing up that my dad entrusted to me was my first shotgun. I remember getting it at Christmas and I remember, you know, you can't really play with a shotgun like you can toys. I was either 10 or 11 years old. I couldn't remember. Me and my dad were talking about it. I was 10 or 11 years old and, you know, there's some safety hazards with playing with a shotgun. So you don't just hand a shotgun to a little boy and say, all right, go out in the yard and play with it, right? So, but I remember sitting in my living room, you know, there's no shotgun shells in it and I'm just sitting there, you know, playing with everything that I could and, and, I was ready to get out and, and to use it. And I remember the first time my dad let me use it was actually going dove hunting. And so it, some time had passed before I could carry my own shotgun. I, at the time, I was going with my dad and would sit with him and scare off all the deer or anything that it was, he, you know, he might actually shoot because I was too young to be there. But the first time I went and we were sitting, the edge of the woods were behind us and, and, and I had my uncle and my, my older brother on this side, my dad and some friends were on this side. And, and I remember sitting there and my dad had kind of told me, you know, what, what was going to happen. And he would tell me when to shoot the birds. The field was out in front of us. And so we would shoot up that way. Well, I remember the first time we saw birds, they flew from the woods behind us. They flew out uh, and, and, no one shot yet and they turned. And so I thought, these birds are about to go back in the woods, so I, I've got to shoot. And so when I did, I lifted my gun right past my dad's head and right above the air. And I was about to shoot the gun and my dad grabbed it and, and jerked it from me and said, what are you doing? My dad would have lost his hearing if I would have shot the gun, maybe even a little more dangerous. I, I could have hurt my dad pretty severely. You see, sometimes we entrust things to people and they're not ready for it. But my dad didn't take the shotgun away and never give it back to me. You see, my dad knew it was risky giving a, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old boy a shotgun. And he knew that it was going to take some time and that I would have to learn to use the shotgun in the right way. That I would have to be taught about the shotgun. And, and in the same way, Paul is, is telling Timothy, listen, the thing that you have is valuable, but it's not to be held within yourself. And I think a lot of us in many ways, not intentionally, but we begin to hold the gospel to ourselves as if it's our little present for us. And many people, they get their first shotgun and, and something awakens in, in, in them and they are all of a sudden on a lifelong journey for this trophy hunt. And they forget to bring people along with them because they're focused on getting their single trophy. They, they want to get the buck or the you know, maybe it's a bear that they, they, they want their trophy. And so they leave people behind so that they can focus on getting their thing. Now, I'm not telling you that's wrong for hunting, but I'm saying with the gospel, we're called to entrust it to others. 
and not just to give it to them and hand it to them and, and say, okay, here you go, here's the gospel and, and walk away, but to teach them, to walk with them. It's risky to give someone the gospel and not shepherd them, not walk with them and teach them these things. And so Paul tells Timothy, you're, you're to entrust these to faithful men who will teach it to others also. You see, what I had done as a student pastor in my own life is I had taken the gospel and I'd started using it. And, and I didn't decide one day, I, I wasn't corrupt enough in my, my understanding that I'd sat down at my desk one day and said, you know what, the gospel might get me a lot of respect and power as a pastor. So I'm just going to use my teaching of the Bible and get people to respect me and approve of me. I never did that. But in 2021, as I spent time alone with Jesus and, and talking with my wife about God, what God was doing, I began to recognize that God had entrusted me to the gospel and, and I was using that instead of pouring it into others for the glory of God. I began to use that for my own respect to gain approval, to get notoriety and power in our church. I wasn't after our senior pastor's job. I, everybody that would have looked at me in our church, when I tell the story of, of God convicting me of idolatry, everybody's kind of scratching their head like, God was growing your ministry. You had this new building. You had everything going on for it. What do you mean? And, and all I can say is that as, as I began to look to my own desires, I began using the gospel instead of entrusting it to others, discipling them and pouring into them. I began to use my preaching, my ministry to gain respect and approval. And, and I just wonder this morning for you, if you think about your life, would you say that you're freely giving the gospel so that others might know Jesus? Or are you using your Christianity as some kind of token? Some, some kind of permission slip, justifying some sin in your life, making it okay that you're only at church every once in a while, making it okay that you, you have this bad habit, but it's okay because of the gospel's not a token, it's not a permission slip, it's not something to use for our own credit. The gospel was given to us for salvation. I'll come to that at the end, but but the gospel was given to you or entrusted with something valuable to pass on, to entrust it to others. And I believe there's two ways in scripture we see this happening. We entrust the gospel to every nation by going, and the, the screen's gonna say, or giving, but, but I want you to know that as I've prayed and, and thought through this, I really think it's, we entrust the gospel to every nation by going and by giving. In Acts chapter 13, you don't have to turn there in your Bible. It was the first sending out of disciples to be missionaries. It was the first sending out of pastors in Acts chapter 13. And it was Paul and Barnabas. They were sent out from the church at Antioch. But I want you to hear the words that, that it says that the going happens by the Spirit of God. Now there were at Antioch in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them. 
And then when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and they sent them away. So, verse 4, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went on their journey. Here's the reality. The going is determined by the Spirit of God. It's our obedience. May God send out missionaries around the world from Walnut Ridge. But I believe that God also will send out some teachers from First Baptist Walnut Ridge into the school system around here to share the gospel with those who need it. You see, the going, we think, is to the Bahamas. You have this beautiful picture on, on the bottom of our prayer card of the Bahamas, right? You see that and you're like, Lord, send me, right? Listen, I, I, I'm not going to lie, it's hard. I get that we're going to one of the most beautiful places in the world. But we're living on the backside of the postcard as it is. We won't live on the resort. You see the homes of the people there, and they're a lot like us, striving every day to make ends meet, working hard to pay for the little bit that they have. They're a lot like me in in a lot of ways. They just live in a beautiful place. It's hot, really hot there. But... The going is determined by the Spirit of God. God has a plan for our life. Ephesians chapter 2 says you're his masterpiece in these created good works. Every believer has good works. There's a holy God who loves you and has a plan for your life. The going is determined by the Spirit of God. And I do pray that God would call out men and women from Walnut Ridge to go to every nation, whether that's on a short-term trip or a long-term lifetime career that God would send believers to every nation so that the gospel could be declared and taught faithfully. The going is sent by the Spirit of God and and it requires sacrifices to go to every nation. I mean, we're we're cleaning out our house. My wife is having to to go through everything that we have and say, is this worth taking, is it not? We got a 20-foot container and and I'm telling her, my my weight equipment is priority. I got a garage gym and it's got to be there. And my wife's like, but what about our couch? And I'm like, we could probably squeeze it under the weights. We're having to get rid of a lot of stuff. But the stuff isn't what's hard. Really, I could give up some weights. We're having to give up relationship. This will be our last Thanksgiving to spend with family. Unless the Lord calls us back to ministry in the States, this will be the last time my kids get to spend Christmas with a Christmas tree in their house. It it requires sacrifices to go. But let me tell you, it it requires sacrifices to share the gospel where you are too. In the culture we're growing up in, it might be a little bit easier in Walnut Ridge, but it's not easy, I'm sure, to give up your reputation, to tell the truth, to walk away when people are gossiping for the sake of Jesus Christ and the reputation that you're his. It costs to entrust the gospel and to live for Jesus, regardless of where you are and how beautiful it is. Not only are we called to go, Paul sent, Paul was sent out by the Holy Spirit of God. Paul sent Timothy to Ephesus and told him to pastor there and teach the men there. There's a lot of going, whether it's here in Walnut Ridge or around the world, but we're also called to give. And before you check out, I'm not gonna ask for your money. God's gonna provide everything that I need. I'm going to ask you to give God everything that you have. It's what Paul did. 
I'm not just talking about your bank account. We're called to give everything for the glory of God. That everything that you own would be stamped and claimed as Jesus's. God, if you want to use my house, here it is. If you want to use my car, here it is. If my clothes will help someone to know Jesus and to know the love of God, here they are. If I could feed God whatever it is, if my paycheck needs to go for the glory of God, everything that I have is yours. The giving, we see Paul writing to Corinth the second time. We're not going to turn there. But he, he basically tells them, hey, I, the believers have heard how generous you are. And I've told them that when they come there, they're going to be blessed by you as a church. And so don't let me down. In 2 Corinthians 9, he, he says, don't let me down, but you go ahead and prepare and, and listen to what he says. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers that they would go on ahead to you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift so that the same would be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covetousness. So Paul's writing to him basically saying, hey, remember you made this promise. You're going to give a big gift, so make sure that you still give it. And then he says this, and this is incredible. Think about this promise in Scripture. Now, this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Paul would say in Galatians, the end of the letter that he's writing, you reap what you sow. There's a reality that a generous heart and open hands with everything that we have, that we sacrifice by giving, is a blessing from the Lord. As I studied, I, I, I hate asking people for money. I don't like doing it. And that was my biggest issue with going into the ministry that God's called us to where we have to raise our own support. I said, Lord, I don't want to do that. And God put a Bible study in front of me by one of our pastors. And I began to recognize that throughout scripture, every time someone gives, God blesses them incredibly. And so it turned from me praying or asking people for money to me saying, hey, if you want to partner with us, I'm going to pray that God blesses you abundantly because that's what God does. And God's going to supply all of my needs. I love how John writes it in 3 John 8. We're called to give. He says this, 3 John verse 5 through 8. He says, Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brothers, especially when they are strangers. And they have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. You know, I've, I've read in Philippians and, and through other, Paul's, live your life in a manner worthy of God. But it wasn't until I started raising support that this verse stood out to me. You will do well, not just to live your own life in a manner worthy of God, but to send those who are called out in a manner worthy of God. For they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, John writes to the church, Therefore we ought to support such men so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. You see, every believer is called to entrust the gospel to every nation. And some of you may find yourselves around the world someday. Maybe you'll come to the Bahamas and visit and serve the church in the Bahamas. But even if you never find yourself outside of Walnut Ridge, you can entrust the gospel by giving abundantly to those who are called. 
God's going to provide for every need of the man he calls. It's clear in scripture. I told the Lord, if you're calling me to this, you're going to have to do this provision thing. It's expensive where we're going. I've never made this much money in my life. But God's called me. And so he's going to provide. And so I know that there are men and women around the world that God is going to convict and put it in their heart. And he's already started doing it. I mean, in, in a few short months, God's provided abundantly for my family. So much that a man found out we were looking for a car, called and gave us a price that was three times as much as what I was thinking I would be able to afford and said, hey, find the car and I'll, I'll get it for you. God provides for his people. I'm not asking you to provide for me. I'm asking you to be a part of what God's doing around the world. Throughout the Middle East, the gospel is being spread. And maybe you can never go there, but you can be a fellow worker by giving to the ministry of God throughout Africa. Some believers are going to Japan, one of the largest, I think it's the second largest unreached people group is the Japanese people. Some friends of ours that we went through training with are going there to share the gospel. The gospel is being spread throughout the world. Here's my call to you. My challenge and encouragement to you is this. Be a part of entrusting the kingdom of God to others by going to your neighbors, to your friends, to your family, and by giving to the kingdom of God. And I'll close with this. What what is it that we're trusting We're entrusting the gospel. And I think Luke's ending great commission, so to speak, says it best. He says this in Luke chapter 24. Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you're clothed from, with power from on high. Again, the promise is that Christ would suffer. Jesus came from heaven, died on a cross and suffered in your place. Why? Because you were a sinful person separated from God and his desire was that you would know him. And so he suffered in your place. He defeated death, was raised on the third day. And Luke writes, so that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed. I love my wife. We were talking about this the other day. And and my wife said, you know, I've heard a lot of people say repentance is turning the other way and walking. It's turning away from sin, turning a 180 and walking. And she said, but really, there's a step missing in that. It's not just seeing your sin and turning from it, but it's reaching out and taking the hand of Jesus and saying, I need your help. I can't do this alone. And that's the gospel. It's not to be a good Christian. It's not to stop doing bad and start doing good. The gospel message is that Jesus Christ came and died for you so that you would recognize the the death of your sin, the, the dissatisfaction of your sin, and you would turn and say, Jesus, I need you. And so this morning, the call is this. The gospel is going to the nations. People are giving their lives. What part of the kingdom of God are you in? How are you entrusting the gospel? How is God calling you to be a part of spreading the good news of Jesus to the rest of the world? Is it by going? 
to your neighbor. Thanksgiving's coming, man. My family, I love getting to spend time with, with the, the Stillman family, the family we married into. They're believers, some fun kids to play with. I come from a family that didn't grow up in church. It's hard to do sometimes to be around family. Maybe you need to entrust the gospel to your family this Thanksgiving. Whatever it is, would you entrust it and teach others to walk with Jesus? Let me pray for you as Jake comes. God, what a blessing to be here this morning. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who gave his life for us. God, I pray for every heart and every person in the room that if they've never trusted in you, they would see the beauty of the gospel. They would receive the gift of life in Jesus. And for those of us who know you, would you convict us, remind us of our call, to take the gospel to the nations, however it is that you lead us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.